My title is, excuse me, you dropped something. I'm just gonna leave it there for a little bit and let you guys ponder what that's gonna mean. But uh, excuse me, you dropped something. If you'll turn to Matthew 16, verse 24, I was actually gonna do a different scripture, but then Sam stopped by my office on Thursday and I was like, you know what? I'm thinking I'm gonna go with that one instead. So thanks, Sam, wherever you're at. Where's he at? There he is. Matthew 16, 24. For whatever reason, every time I come up here, all moisture in my mouth leaves. Matthew 16, 24. If you're there, say, Rick, I like your shirt. All right. Thank you. 1624, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for the opportunity to be here, and I just pray, Father, that the words I speak come from you, and Father, that you would anoint the ears and hearts to hear it, and that we receive it this morning, Father, and, and Father, that you would touch hearts and lives in here, and people leave different than they came in, Lord. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, as you read the Bible, there's different accounts, different things you see where several times people did not measure up to being a disciple, right? Because it was going to cost them too much. Eh, I don't think I want to do that. It's going to cost too much. We've got to realize that being saved and being a disciple of Jesus are two different things, right? Being saved and being a disciple of Jesus are two different things. Simply believing on Jesus Christ and accepting the gift of salvation makes you saved. Everybody agree with that? It's simple, right? We believe on it, we accept it, we ask them in our heart, we're saved. This one, sure, you have a home in heaven, but being a disciple or a follower of Jesus is a change in your lifestyle, okay? It's a change in direction, it's a change in leadership, it's now allowing Christ to lead your life instead of yourself, being a disciple. If we back up into Matthew 16, verse 21, at this time in his ministry, Jesus really began to deal with his disciples about the subject of the sacrifice that he was about to have to give, that he wanted to give. Verse 21, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So Jesus, at this point in his ministry, he's telling his disciples, listen, this is what's going to happen to me. I'm going to be tortured. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be killed. This is going to happen. And I want you guys to realize what's going to happen. I want you to understand what's about to happen. Okay? He's preparing them for this. Keep your finger on that spot. We're going to, stay, we're going to come back to it. But go over to John chapter 10, verse 14. There's something else we have to understand here. As he's preparing them for this, we need to see something else. John chapter 10, verse 14. It says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. We have to understand that Jesus came to earth to die, okay? He came to earth to die. He knew exactly what he was doing. 
This was not an accident. This wasn't a mistake that he was going to be killed. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And he was trying to prepare his disciples for that also. He willingly laid down his life for the sheep. That's us. At any time, he could have stopped it. Called the angels down from heaven, say, I, I don't want to do this. I, let's stop it. Quit. Everything stops. He didn't do that. Willingly paid the sacrifice for us. Verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. Verse 18, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. So when we go back to Matthew 16, Jesus knew exactly what he was getting ready to do. Okay? Exactly what he was going to get ready to do. He's letting them know there are things they need to be ready for. There are things they need to understand. In verse 22, I want you to notice the reaction to Jesus' news, okay? Peter, he's a good guy, but sometimes he said the wrong thing. Anybody been there before? I'm a good person, but sometimes I take my shoe and stick it in my mouth, okay? That's going to happen right here. Verse 22, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him or tell him he was wrong. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And what Peter's doing here seems good, right? I mean, he's, no, we don't, this is never going to happen to you, Lord. It seems right. It almost seems selfless. Jesus is telling his disciple he's going to die, but Peter's like, no, 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 we're not going to let that happen to you. Uh Uh-uh, that's not going to happen to our Savior. In verse 23, what does Jesus say? He turns and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Human concerns. What's he talking about here? When Peter says to Jesus, I don't want, to lay, I don't want you to lay down your life. When Peter's saying to Jesus, I don't want you to take up the cross. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to have to suffer. I don't want you to have to do all this stuff. Peter's admitting something that's in all of us. It's a spirit of self. Because Peter does not want Jesus to sacrifice himself. It reveals the way of thinking of Peter. That no one should have to sacrifice themselves. That shouldn't have to happen, God. No one should have to suffer. No one should have to do this. And that brings to light the natural natural reaction that we have in our life. Self. Our reaction in life is one of self, self self-centeredness, selfishness, self-preservation, self-love. We all have that, right? If you say you don't, sorry, but you're lying, okay? We all think about self. Peter couldn't even fathom that someone would choose to die, that someone would choose to be sacrificed, that someone would choose to lay down their own life. That was so against the grain for Peter. No, this is not going to happen. He was just thinking, this isn't natural. I can't let you do this, Lord. You cannot die. Spirit of self. The Spirit's in all of us. We have a culture of self. We have a culture of self-love. We are selfish. Think about what we've come to learn in America. And don't confuse what I'm about to say. I love America. It's the greatest country in the world. Amen? I love being able to live here and, and... 
and have a freedom to worship God here, okay? But what we've been taught in America, the greatest country in the world, what's the American dream? Life, liberty? Oh, that's what we've been taught. What other sayings have we heard in America? If it feels good, do it, right? Do whatever makes you happy. Follow your, just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. Do what makes you happy. Follow your heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? But today in our society, we're told, no, no, whatever makes you happy, just do it. Doesn't matter if God likes it in your life. Doesn't matter if that's what you're supposed to be doing. Just do it. Make yourself happy. We do that with our kids. Oh, I don't care what you do. Just make yourself happy. Do whatever you want. Okay? As long as you're happy, as long as you're satisfied, as long as you're fulfilled, that's our American culture that we live in right now. And that culture has crept into the Christian culture. It has. The Christian American culture is one of selfishness and self-centeredness. It's a culture of self. Christian American culture says we can live like everybody else. We can have those same things, right? We can dress like everyone else. We can act like everyone else. We can have nice houses, nice cars, nice whatever. And I'm not against any of that. So don't say, well, Rick, I do have a nice car. I, I'm not against that. That's great. Okay? But I'm just saying we're about ourselves. Today, the Christian American culture teaches that I can have everything this world has to offer. I can put on my flip-flops and grab my Starbucks and go to church every three weeks, and I'm good. I'm a Christian. I show up to church. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm good. God's happy with me. And we think we're followers of Jesus Christ because of that. Because we show up every few weeks. It makes me a good Christian. I'm a disciple of Jesus. Here I go. And I think Jesus would look at that kind of Christianity and say, I don't know what Jesus you're following, but that's not the same Jesus here in the Bible. Our American culture is... We don't have to sacrifice. We don't have to suffer. I can enjoy the world. I can enjoy this life and I can enjoy everything about this life. I can savor the things of man. It's all wonderful. As long as I show up to church, I'm good to go. As long as I show up once in a while, Jesus is going to be happy with me. Again, we live in a very self-love, self-centered, self-absorbed society. That's where having all the stuff can get in the way of being a disciple of Jesus. When we start to fix our attention and our focus on those things instead of him, that gets in the way. It's revealed in the way you feel. It's revealed in your characteristics. You say, I have an issue with pride, or I know someone that has an issue with pride. You say, what's pride? Well, it's being arrogant, thinking highly of yourself. What is that? Self-absorbed. You say, I have an issue with fear. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. Self-preservation. You say, I was offended by what you said. Oh my gosh. Let's get on that for a minute, huh? 
Let's everybody be offended about everything now, okay? I'm offended over this. I'm offended over that. Self-centeredness. It's the way the world is now. I'm covetous. I'm greedy. I'm materialistic. What's that? Selfishness. It's all around us. All around us. You're critical. You're always judgmental. What's that? Self-righteousness. If we're really truthful with ourselves, we'll have to admit that we live in a very self-love society. We've been raised to love self, preserve self, absorb self, to be selfish. And some of you are saying, so what, Rick? That's me. So what? What's that have to do with being a follower of Jesus Christ? Matthew 16, 24 again. Jesus said to his disciples, and just before this, Peter had revealed that spirit about him of self. Whoever wants to be my disciple or be a Jesus follower must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. To be a follower of Christ, you have to be able to say no to the one thing you never say no to, yourself. You have to be able to say no to yourself. We've got to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. But we don't want to say no to self because the world tells us to make ourselves happy. Look in 2 Corinthians 5.15. And he, Jesus, died for all, and those who live or are saved should no longer or from now on live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. Once you accept Jesus Christ in your life, you are dead in your sin or your trespasses, but when you receive the gift of salvation and eternal life, you were made a new person. When I come down here to the altar, I give my heart to the Lord and I'm saved. I accept him. I get up a new person. Or I should. When you're a follower of Jesus, your life is not about you anymore. It's not about you. That was our theme from camp last year. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about him. When you're a follower, it means you are not leading anymore. You're not giving the commands. You're not calling the shots. You're not telling yourself what you're going to do and where you're going to go. Everything becomes about Jesus. And you get consumed with him and doing what he wants for your life. Not what you want. Here's the question I want to ask you guys this morning. And I've asked myself this over and over and over again. Who are you living for? Who are you living for? Are you living for self? Or are you living for Jesus? And you really have to evaluate yourself on this. Another self thing. <laughs> evaluate yourself. Who am I living for when I look at my life? Are you living for your own rights and your own needs? Again, Matthew 16, 24 this is what Jesus expects us to do. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up their cross, and follow me. He was telling his disciples, you're going to have to take up your own cross. It's gonna, you're going to have to bear your own cross in your life. Whatever that is, you're going to have to pick that up and follow me. 
Jesus was saying to Peter, not only have I, I have a cross to bear, but you're going to have one too. You're going to have to deny yourself and take up that cross. You're going to have to die to self. And that is so hard for us to do. It is so hard for us to do. To die to self, what we want. what Because we, we want to control everything. We want to say where I go, what I do, and how it happens. We don't want to die to self. But we're called to do that, to be a disciple of Jesus. He's telling them you're going to have to die to self. Stop doing things your way and start doing them mine. Start doing things his way, not doing them mine. Anybody struggle with that sometimes? Everybody still with me? Here's what we do. I've accepted Jesus. Thanks, Mark Miller, for making me a cross. I'm denying myself, and I'm taking up my cross. I'm serving Jesus. I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm going to do whatever he wants me to do. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That person over there just said something awful mean to me, and I'm going to give him a piece of my mind right back to him. Oh, shoot. I dropped my cross. Excuse me, you dropped something. So we pick it back up. Uh, maybe that's not you. You don't have to worry about stuff like that. I'm back on track, Lord. Denying myself. Lifting your name up, Lord. I'm following after you. My marriage, though. My, my, my marriage is really bad right now. I, just don't, I don't think I'm in love anymore. <sighs> Forgot about my cross I'm supposed to be carrying. Dying to self. Living like God wants me to live. Man. We go about our day again. See, this is the thing that has to happen every single day. Die to self, pick up your cross. Follow Jesus. Oh, this new album came out. I'm going to hit on the youth right now. This new album by Drake came out, man. I'm going to listen to this stuff and I'm going to let it fill my head with junk and my heart with junk. Man, I messed up. I'm supposed to be carrying this cross. Denying myself. Not doing these kind of things. Uh, just can't stop thinking about other women. This time I'm not going to just toss this down secretly. Just, just kind of... This down back here. Oh, now I can get on the computer and, and look at things that I shouldn't be looking at. Nobody noticed I put my cross down. We're supposed to be denying self every day. Not what makes you happy, what makes God happy. Some of you guys in here trying to be mean, but you're okay with just coming to church. Let's come to church. That's good enough for me. You don't want to be a disciple. You don't want to be a follower of Christ because that costs a little more than what I'm willing to pay. I don't want to put that time and effort into it. That's just, that's just too much for me. I'll just show up. I'll be in church. and I'm good. I'm good. That's enough for me. 
I'm just going by what the Bible's telling us. You don't have to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Again, you can call on his name, believe in him. Probably make it to heaven. But you're going to miss out on some things. You're going to miss out on some rewards that might be laying up there in heaven for you. If we continue to indulge ourselves, it will cause problems in our lives. Every problem that we come up against in life, everything can go back to self. I guarantee it. I'm having problems in my marriage. Check yourself. See if you're living the way God wants you to live. Are you doing the things that you've been called to do as a husband or wife for your spouse? Anything, point back to you and check, what am I doing? What am I doing? Am I serving myself or am I serving Jesus in this situation? What was Satan's problem? And Isaiah gives us an account. He was saying, I, 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 I will be exalted. It's all about me, I, 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 right? It was all about himself. Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified flesh does not mean you have to die on a cross. Crucify flesh with its passions, things you like or the desires, your lusts. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, you have to get to the place where you can crucify your flesh and get that junk out. It belongs on the cross where he died for you. All those things you struggle with. Maybe it's a sin you struggle with over and over and over again. It needs to be put on the cross where he died for that sin. Romans 6, 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And here's something else that I think the church in America has forgot about, to repent. To repent. You don't hear that word a whole lot. Repent means to feel or express sincere regret or remorse about your sin. It means to change our actions. Well, you don't hear that a whole lot. You need to feel bad about what you're doing and turn away from it and change. That's repenting of your sins. Otherwise, what do you do? I leave the altar, I laid it down. A week later, I'm back in it again because I refuse to repent and change my ways. It's all on me. Jesus died for it. You gotta let it go. Take up your cross means to die to self and die to sin. How about dying to society? Galatians 6, 14. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. This world is messed up. It is messed up. And it's creeping into the church. Just being honest. It's creeping into our churches and our homes as Christians. I'm going to pick on the kids, but I'm going to pick on the parents too. Some of you guys have no idea what your kids are listening to. And the kids are going to hate me and cancel their winter 24th. <laughs> You have no idea what is going in their ears. I'm telling you this right now because I've seen them post things about it. Now they're all going to unfriend me too, but. <laughs> I am telling you 
as parents, it's like we don't even care what's going into our kids' lives. I see them like one or 2% of their life. You guys see them 98. I posted something on the Facebook, the other I shared it. It's time to be nosy in your kids' lives to pry, to figure out what's going on there before they go down a path they don't need to go down. You've got to be that way. We're dressing just like the world dresses. It's crept into our Christian homes. God forbid that I, I mean, I'm going to have to deal with that. Brylin's nine now. Right now, she thinks modest is hottest, you know. And I pray, I pray every single day that that does not creep into her life where she feels like she has to be half-dressed to go out somewhere. It makes me sick thinking about it. I pray that they don't start listening to music. I was the same way when I was a teen. I know, I know, I can relate. I don't want that for my kids. I don't want that for my kids. I could have been taken like that living in a life of sin and I would have never made it into heaven because I chose to satisfy self. But it's crept in to our homes. We just want our kids to be happy. So if you want to wear that, you want to listen to that, you want to go watch those satanic movies at the theater, go right ahead. Just stay out of my hair. As long as you're happy, go ahead. I'm guilty too. Quiet in here. The praise team will come up. We have to get to a point in our lives where there's nothing we want more than Jesus. I don't want the music I was not supposed to listen to. I don't want the pictures of girls or videos or a broken marriage. I want Jesus more than anything. And when I line up with him, everything in my life is going to line up also. It's that simple, but we make it about ourselves all the time. Do you think if Jesus was alive today, he'd be worried about buying designer clothes? Again, I'm not against it. You think he's going to worry about that as he walks the earth, if he was right here with us? No, he's probably going to go to a thrift store and get whatever, throw it on and go out about his business because that's not what he was about. You think if Jesus was walking the earth today, here I go, I'm going to get those feet under the chairs. If he was walking the earth today, he'd wake up on a Wednesday or Sunday, oh, I can't make it to church today. Kids got a ball game. I'm too tired. I stayed up late last night at the theater. I went to the 11 o'clock show. I'm just going to sleep in. I got a big hunting or fishing trip coming up. I can't deny myself of that. I want to be happy. That makes me happy. And some of you are going to look at me different today. I'm preaching to myself too. I've woke up at times and not felt like coming to church. And that's wrong. That's not Jesus being the Lord of my life. You have to push through all that junk and say, I'm going to do whatever I can to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm going to do whatever I can to love him with everything I have and make sure he is the center of my life. Save ourselves a lot of trouble, a lot of heartache. 
excuse me, you dropped something. What I was referring to is that is your cross. There's times where we're gonna trip up and everybody's human, I know that, I mess up. We're gonna trip up and that cross is gonna drop and we're gonna do things we shouldn't have been doing. But we have to get to the point, strive to be better every week that I'm gonna deny myself. I'm gonna deny myself, take up that cross, I'm gonna follow you with everything I have. God allows redos. You're not too far gone, you're not too far messed up for him not to, to still work in your life and forgive you. But you have to repent and try to change that. Whatever that is in your life, change it. And it might cost you something. It might cost you something. It might cost you time in front of the TV. It might cost you whatever. But to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a true disciple of Jesus, it is gonna cost you something. You are gonna have to sacrifice. But what he did on that cross for us, it's worth it. It's worth it. Don't drop your cross. Pick it up every day. Follow Jesus every day. Don't get sucked into the, what the world wants you to do or the direction they're trying to take you. Die to yourself every single day. Every day. Get in your word. Get in your worship. That's what I encourage these kids to do every day. Every single day you have to do that or else you'll start to fall away. Die to self daily. As they play and sing, I'm just going to open up the altars. I, for one, am going to be down here because I know I can do a better job of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. I don't want to just be satisfied with showing up at church and feeling good and getting the fuzzies every once in a while. I want to serve him with everything I have. I want you guys to serve him with everything you have. We're supposed to be called to be making disciples. We're struggling with it ourselves. How are we going to make any if we can't be one? It's easy to tell if you're having an effect on people as you turn around and see who's following you. What disciples have you impacted? What ones have you brought up in your life? And for me, it's not good enough. I want to do better. So the altars are open. If you say, God, my priorities haven't been right where they need to be. I need to serve you better. I need to die to myself and let you be in control of my life. If that's you this morning, I'm going to encourage you to come. If you don't know Jesus, I'm going to encourage you to come. If you need to rededicate your life to him, I'm going to encourage you to come. These altars are open and available and they're for you. They're for me to come to God with our problems, our trials, our struggles and surrender. So as they sing, the altars are open.
our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.